Good afternoon, welcome back. I'm Dave Matthews and I'm joined by Nicholas Madden. Hello, Ponders. We're back, it's fully from across the pond. It's the second uh, episode of the second season. Sorry for the delay of the second episode, but me and Nick are now back in America and settle back down after a very exciting and joyful trip home. Yeah, we're back in LA, baby, and it's the sun shining. It Smiles is. are beaming on both of our faces and um, we're trying to get rid of the colds that we've um, brought back with um, the bad smell and the bad weather from England. Yes, well, <laughs> smiles were the case for me up until Tuesday and I'm actually taking control of what we're going to talk about today because we were originally going to talk about the Carling Cup semi-final as our first topic but I'm kind of being a bit arrogant and I'm going to take that away because for me something a bit more important happened off the field this week uh, as many of you probably know, going by reading my Facebook statuses or just watching the news, if you're an hour into it, because we don't get mentioned till the last uh, news bulletin. Uh, well, the Pompey's transfer ban's been lifted? Yeah, that was actually before. That got mentioned before we got mentioned. So, uh, <laughs> uh, as many of you will know, on Tuesday afternoon at about 5.30, my team Crystal Palace were placed into administration for the second time in 11 years. Um, today the 10 point deduction was confirmed and we have gone from being two points outside the playoffs to now being three points outside the relegation zone. You uh, can't Nick, write a script for that can you? Nick, <laughs> uh, from a neutral perspective, do you agree with the penalty? Do you think it should be less, heavier or do you think the Football League are right to impose these penalties on teams that go into administration? Um, to be honest, I think that um, during like the lead situation, I thought that um, that was um, a good penalty for them because they run the club and mismanaged it so badly that they had so many high earners on their wage bill that they really deserved to get the points deduction because they were putting more players on their wage bill. That means they had like an advantage when it comes to league form. And you know when you know your revenue doesn't match what your expenditure is, then you're going to come face problems. And I, so that's why I do think that the penalty should be there. Yep. But I didn't like it with cases like um, Bournemouth who um, and Southampton where like um, Bournemouth got hit with a points deduction when they're, they're in so much debt and really, like, they really needed the, all the help they could get. And mm. same with Southampton where um, they started this season with a 10-point um, deduction even though they, they went into administration the season before. But it, still, I think, mismanagement of the club, I think that as a neutral, I think that if you don't run your club properly, and there are many teams that do, I think maybe you should get hit. And unfortunately for Crystal Palace, I hate to say it, but they will obviously bounce back from it. But obviously it's an unfair punishment now, but it will, I'm sure it will help the club in the future. Okay, for those who are unaware of the situation, uh, I'm going to try and briefly describe it. Um, over the past few months, the club has been struggling seriously financially. Uh, probably since um, the parachute payments ended at the probably last year because uh, no the year before because we obviously had two parachute payment seasons yeah. after our year in the Premiership, and Simon Jordan has probably failed in his attempt to find a new owner. Probably from, since back in the last year, he's been looking for a potential new owner, and he has failed. And one of the things he did do over the last six months was take out loans from other. Uh, financial companies uh, which then enabled them to become creditors and one of the major creditors decided to call in the administrator on Tuesday which was a shock to the club because obviously people were expecting us to raise sufficient funds 
going into the last few days of the transfer window through Victor Moses. But the one of the creditors um, seemed to think that wasn't going to happen, so they decided to call in the administrator. Uh, the administrator has, has come in, uh, as many people may have seen. Victor Moses was yesterday pulled out of the squad before the Newcastle game, and he now will be leaving the club before Monday. Who to? We don't know yet. It depends who offers the best deal to the club. Right now, three bids are on the table, and they are believed to be from West Brom, Nottingham Forest and Newcastle. Whether they are big enough bids to be accepted, we haven't been told yet. And from what I have been told, the club are hoping to receive some offers from premiership clubs within the next 24 hours. Um, premiership clubs normally leave it late in the transfer window. Well, I would like to think that premiership <coughs> clubs will show an interest. Uh, there's been reported bids from Man City earlier in the month that were rejected because they were too low. And hopefully we'll get some premiership interest. Uh, but... We're running out of time. We do need to sell Victor. The club needs to raise between five and six million from now to the end of the season. That's and probably just to keep everything yeah, going. We've got it, yeah. basically up until Monday to do that because after Monday there's no chance of raising any funds due to the transfer window closing. So if we fail to sell Victor, which is not going to happen, I mean it's more of a case of how much we get him for, it's going to determine how many other players leave. I'm sure the club are desperate to get deals in the deal for Victor done as soon as possible so then they can obviously start touting around the other players. If we lose Victor for a low fee, which I'm kind of worried we might, we could see a fire sale of around five or six players. But if we can sell Victor for a few million, that may enable us to keep the rest of the squad because we're now fighting a relegation battle, which is quite hard to say because 48 hours ago I was pretty optimistic that we were going to make a push for the playoffs, but that's now gone. And it's now a fight against survival, which we've been in before. In the last administration campaign, we survived with two games to go. The season after that, where that was Jordan's first year in charge, we survived with two minutes to go. So we are used to a relegation dogfight. <laughs> Obviously, the last relegation dogfight we were in, we ended um, pretty disappointingly where we lost to Charlton on the last day to get relegated from the Premiership, but hopefully it won't come down to that. Neil Warnock is staying, he's confirmed that today, and the administrator has, so hopefully we'll be able to pick up enough points from now to the end of the season to survive, but it's going to be a very tense and nervy and probably horrible experience the next few months, because for any fans out there who haven't experienced their club going through financial difficulty, it's beyond... It's the most horrible experience you can go through as a fan. It's very easy to see your club lose premiership titles, losing cup finals, losing Champions League semi-finals and so on. But when your club literally has been stripped to pieces, you're losing players left, right and centre, it's very hard for a fan to sit there and watch. And We've been through it before, we will bounce back, but I think I'm trying to raise, uh, raise awareness that this needs something needs to happen where football is more of a level playing field for everyone because... Up in the Premiership, there's a lot of money right now floating around, whereas down in our league and lower, there's no money at all. And this is not going to be the only uh, time a club goes into administration in the next 12 months. We're going to see a lot of clubs facing possible extinction. And I pray that it doesn't happen to Palace, but we will see. And if there's anyone out there with a lot of money, and I'm not talking a few hundred dollars, I'm talking a few hundred million dollars, that want to have a bit of fun and invest in a football club, my my email address is. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get in touch. Find me. But um, 
What yeah. do you think, Dave? Um, how um, you know, there's clubs like Manchester United reportedly in um, seven hundred million pounds debt, and then you have Portsmouth that are in say sixty mm. million plus debt, and um, you know Chelsea and Manchester and Manchester City as well that um, are in like debts way over their heads, but their chairman have covered it. How do you feel that there's so much debt in the Premier League yet? Say reportedly thirty million is enough to liquidate a club. Yeah, I think the Premier League have created their own monster. I think they've invested so much money in it. They've obviously negotiated incredibly big contracts with Sky over the last ten years. I think the recent deal was worth an insane amount of money, and the Premiership are probably going to be responsible for its own downfall. Um, I kind of say this more in. Uh, arrogance or not arrogance that's the wrong word more in you know I'm very upset with what's happening with Palace but I kind of want to see a club in the Premiership go through what we're going through because then it may make people in the Premier League at the at the very top of the game make some sort of decision to change the way football's going I was having a conversation earlier with a friend and he was asking me why is this happening and I said well you've got to just look at the players wages if you think that when Real Madrid paid obviously the money for Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester United, where's all that money going at Manchester United? It's going back to the players. Do them players pay that back into football? Of course not. They pay for their expensive houses, their expensive cars, their incredibly glamorous lifestyles. The problem with football right now is all the money going into the game is going straight back out and it's not actually coming back in. And it's going to get to a point where football is going to run out of money and we're then going to face a severe crisis and I don't want to see it happen but when stuff like happen, like what's happened at Palace this week happens it kind of makes me think actually it would be pretty funny to see a club like Manchester United, Chelsea, Man City or even Liverpool or Liverpool they're in financial danger. suffer and see the sort of thing that's happening at Palace happen there because I'm sure their fans will kick a up a fuss but then they may realise they've got to live in more of a realistic world where you can't play these, uh, pay these players the amount of money they're being played and it, something's got to give whether it does in the next years I don't know my dad's been saying for the last 15 years that football's on the verge of a financial meltdown um, there are signs that it's starting to happen and I think it's only a matter of time before a big club seriously hits the wall uh, who it's going to be I don't know who would I like it to be I don't want it to be anyone specifically but uh, when it does happen at the same time, I'll be very upset for the support of that club. I wouldn't feel sorry for the actual club and the actual Premier League because I think they deserve a kick in the arse. And I'd like to see it happen just because I don't like it happening to my club. And I think it, it would do football the world a good if it happened to a bigger club because people would take more interest. Okay, well, taking into your comments, the last thing that we're going to say on it, mm. on the matter, how do you feel about Portsmouth? and their predicament and their situation. Do you actually feel sorry for their fans? Absolutely. Do they like? Do you think that they're the the club that need the kick up the bum from the Premier League because they look like they're sort of Premier League outcasts? Yeah, I think Portsmouth have had difficulty with ownership. I think the ownership has changed hands a good two or three times in the last few years, which has just this season. Yeah, exactly. Which hasn't brought much stability. Um, I think. Portsmouth have probably been, you know, what would be the phrase, um, them, them living mismatch. above their means, I yeah. think that's the word. They're definitely, uh, you know, they, they're they not going to ever be a top 10 premiership club. 
I think they've obviously tried, they had the success in the FA Cup and maybe they threw money at the wrong time, maybe they should have kept the budget low but they obviously decided to sign maybe bigger players on bigger wages, it probably wasn't the transfer fees, it was probably the wages and I was just doing the maths the other day of what the potential Palace wage bill could be and even on a player on 5000 a week, if you have 20 of them, that is a big wage bill and mm. You know, five thousand in the championship that that turns into twenty or thirty in the Premiership. If you look at the income you're getting through revenue from supporters coming in, it just doesn't add up. And obviously, yes, you have the income from Sky, but if you're splashing that on transfer fees, where's the who's paying the wages? Unless you've got someone who's willing to spend their own personal money, like a Abramovich, uh, the guy Man City. There's no way you can support that and. You know, I hope I think for Portsmouth, they're in the same boat as us. They seem to have got past the threat of administration, but I think most Pompey fans know that if they do get relegated, I think there's absolutely no doubt about it. They will be in administration in the summer, so mm. they need to survive because I, I think they'll they'll probably be in deeper shit than us if they go down. So, football's not in a great situation right now, and I think it's just gonna have to battle on. But we're gonna now get on to more on the pitch stuff because it's we could talk about this all day I could probably talk about it all week because I've been discussing it all week with friends by emails and that but we're going to move on uh, yesterday the Carling Cup second leg semi-final took place at Old Trafford Man City went to Old Trafford with a 2-1 lead um, we watched Carlos Tevez with the two goals yeah we, we watched the game uh, it was it was a good game I think we'd agree with that. It was um, a very like physical spectacle. Very. It got pretty nasty at the yeah. end. Well, especially with the fans throwing bottles at Craig Bellamy. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy, of course. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bellamy. Um, United won 3-1 on the night and won 4-3 on aggregate thanks to a very late Wayne Rooney header. Um, so United will take on Villa. What did you make of this game? Uh, it, it was a good game. I thought that City played well, but again, they looked defensively pretty suspect. Uh, I thought Boyota had a good game. Yes. I thought him, um, he headed um, a lot of balls clear mm. and then um, saved them, put his body on the line a couple of times and blocked a couple of shots. It was actually him that put in the block where the ball fell to um, Paul Scholes for the first goal as well. And um, Given made some very, very good saves. It was one um, incredible save. Yeah. It was, I think it was just before they scored the uh, winner, because yeah. he saved from that header. I think it was from Rooney as well. Superb save. And, um, yeah, no, um, I, I felt like Manchester City didn't really offer a load going forward. They had a spell, like there was, after, there was, they had a spell just before the goal and then just after yeah. where they were dominating, but then United, United got back on track and dominated I, the last 20 minutes. Yeah, or I felt like the Tevez goal sort of came out of the shock, really. It was just like, bam. You know, they brought on Alaboy or they finally got a chance. Like, it was the first chance they created in a number of, like, maybe 10, 15 minutes on, or something. Going on Carlos Tevez, um, City do seem to be getting the best out of him now. He's definitely scoring more goals than he was earlier in the season. Um, why is that? What What is Mancini doing different to Mark Hughes with Carlos Tevez? Because he, he's on a goal-scoring run, which he never really got on under Hughes. And even at Old Trafford, like, he would always pop up with goals, <laughs> but he wasn't consistently a regular... Week in, week out score. What, what's Mancini doing different to get that out of The Tevez? reason um, he's um, scoring more goals is because um, Tevez is more of a player where um, the more you play him, the more of a run he'll get into. Like mm. you see at Manchester, you know, when he scored the, um, I think he scored 20 goals one season, he scored mm. more than Rooney. Um, 
he was playing a lot. He was playing nearly every game. And that really helped him boost boosted his confidence and um, under Mark Hughes he didn't actually play many games because he was out of the squad he was injured and then Adebayo was ahead of him as well um, but now under uh, Mancini he's played every game for him so that means it gets him gets him scoring a lot more so I think that's why he's just got a run of games and see, you've seen it at West Ham as well when he was there he got a big run of games and then he starts scoring he's a superb player um, and he doesn't like Gary Neville much no definitely he wants to um Eat his sock or eat his words. Or <laughs> what did he call him? He called him a sock sucker. Socks. But um, Gary Neville said that he wasn't worth 25 million. But Gary, Gary Neville's a bit of an idiot, I think. Uh, so Manchester United will take on Aston Villa in the Carling Cup final. Uh, Do you know what? I was watching um, the Manchester United game, but I actually had um, half an eye on the Chelsea game as well. I was um, watching that at the same time, and I thought um, Chelsea dominated against Birmingham. Yeah, well, that, we're going to now get yeah. on to the Premier League. We're going to talk the midweek games. Um, actually, just while we're talking about Man United, because obviously they beat Hull at the weekend, Wayne Mooney got four goals. Um, have you ever? When was the last? Have you got any memories of a player scoring a haul, as we call it? Jermaine Defoe this season against Wigan. Wigan, yeah. yeah well, the whole team scored nine. That <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think. I don't think I've ever seen a Palace player do it. I don't know if Andy Johnson done it once. He scored a few hat tricks, but I can't remember a haul. Pretty yeah. impressive from. Well, Gunnar Solskjaer done it, didn't he? When he came off the bench and he scored like four or something against Nottingham Forest. I know one like nine one. Yeah. Or nine zero. But so no, it's, um, it was good for Rooney, especially as it was 1-0 for a long time. Hull actually played quite well, to be honest. Um, Manchester United didn't really get out of gear, didn't really break a sweat too much. Hmm. But no, it was, um, it was a great result for Manchester United. But it was um, interesting that Sir Alex Ferguson said that Wayne Rooney played better in, um, in the Manchester um, derby than he did in the game where he scored four goals. So it just, it just shows, doesn't it? Talk about being in the right uh, place at the right time. For and with that Heather, he's in good form, really. And, um, you know, I'm very pleased for him that he's actually finding a goal-scoring touch that he didn't really used to have with Ronaldo in the side. Maybe no. he got outshadowed. And... He's now taken uh, that main position. Uh, OK, uh, Premier League midweek. Uh, you mentioned briefly Chelsea. They ended Birmingham's, I think, 16 or 17 um, uh, game unbeaten run, which was pretty impressive. They beat them 3-0. That was over a three-month spell. Yeah, well, so uh, and Chelsea are top of the table. Drogba should be back within the next few days. They haven't missed him at all, have they? They haven't missed him. Um, the other African contingent should be back again within the next week. Are Chelsea now suddenly the team that look favourites to win the title? Every conversation I have with people, people say no one wants to win it. Chelsea are right now top and they are getting some form going at yeah. the time when it really matters, this uh, middle part of the season. That's a, that's a very big win for them, especially as Birmingham were on such a good run. Mm. There's, you know, that was a good, good for them. It shows that they can they can beat the play, the teams that are on form. And Ancelotti changed the style when he played with um, a 4-3-3 instead of a 4-4-2 diamond mm. shaped midfield. So... Um, it was um it was good to see um Deco and Balak and Lampard all play together in the midfield. So I was really impressed with that. So Chelsea are top. Arsenal, on the other hand, are not. They were this time last week, but they drew nil nil at Villa. Uh, Thomas Vermaelen picked up a pretty serious injury, but today it's been revealed it's not as bad as first thought, which is good news because that would have meant Sol Campbell would have been uh, <laughs> starting from suddenly. 
It's ridiculous. But I don't think we need is, to. Is talk that anymore. a bad result though? Neil will draw at Villa. Like Villa aren't exactly um, a team you're going to go to and trounce. Uh, that's a pretty good result for Arsenal. But do you think it's more of a disappointment that Chelsea won and obviously United won at the weekend? And Arsenal failed to. I think yeah. I think basically um, this game is you know is, Arsenal got a tough run of fixtures now. They have Manchester United at the weekend, and then they have um, I think they have Liverpool and Chelsea coming up as well. And it's like four really really tough games for them, and um, you know they really needed to start off in a good vein of form. They just had two games against Bolton, they re- and then obviously the, the FA Cup loss against Stoke. But they really needed to sort of put their title credentials down, and. Um, you know they didn't capitalise. They um, hit the bar like once from um, Riziki, and they they came close, but you know Villa was just a good outfit. If they, they're if all, they, they're if, always a solid. Yeah, outfit, if they really. bounce back of a win on Sunday against Man United, I think that'd be seen as a good result. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the position that no one seems to want—the fourth place position. Uh, Tottenham got a pretty comfortable two-nil victory against Fulham. Mm, any thoughts on that game? Um, I was happy that um, Gareth Bale has finally um, finally broke his duck. Yes, after about a thousand games as a Tottenham <laughs> play, finally won won a game as a starter. Yeah, and um, Craig, um, it was good that um, for um, David Bentley as well. It was good for him like, to actually get on um, to actually get on the field mm. as well. He's yeah, been, he's been linked with a move away, and there's a big chance he won't be a Tottenham player come next Tuesday. Uh, West Ham apparently lining up a loan bid really? along with a few other Premiership clubs. Yep. Uh, let's do a bit of Landy watch. Landy. He, Landy Donovan. Landon Donovan um, got his first goal for Everton in a uh, 2-0 victory against Sunderland. They're, they're, they're on a good uh, recent run of results, Everton. They're now up to, um, well, they're up to the mid- ninth. They're, they're storming up the table. It's good. No, it's a good run for them at the moment. You know, that and um, it was nice to see Alteta come, Alteta come back on. That's a huge like, off the bench, and you know, um, he's had three operations on his knee, and so it's nice for him to actually mm. be on the field. And Fellaini's been playing um, fabulous um, in this winning streak, and mm-hmm. Landon's really made a difference. And um, what a, what a great team to play against at the moment, Sunderland, because they're leaking yeah, what's goals. Yeah, ha- what's happening in the Sunderland war? Well, um, they started the season so bright. Bent and um, Kevin Jones are firing all cylinders. They were pretty sound defensively, but it seems to have gone a bit tits up there. Like, it's as soon as Catamore got injured. Catamore. That's the enforcer. Yeah, and then um, Michael Turner got an extra game because he appealed against yeah. the ban, so he was missing for a while. They've just signed um, Matthew Kilgallen. And he played in the defence, so they're trying to shore it up, you know. But um, you know, Kenwin Jones uh, missed an absolute sitter, mm. and they're saying that he's distracted because of a possible low move to um, to Liverpool fell through. So I can't see that happening. Uh, you wouldn't loan your best player. It's like them, so Sunderland getting Steven Gerrard. No, that? unless you're Newcastle. I think they've done it in the past. Didn't they loan Lamana Lua Lua to Pompey, and then he, then yeah. Bobby Robson forgot to tell the club, oh, we don't want him playing against us, and yeah. I think he played and scored. Scored, yeah. Typical Newcastle. Uh, I actually got a nosebleed looking at this. I'm sure the whole of Blackburn are. They're up to eleventh. Uh, Black, Blackburn are up to eleventh after a two-one home win against Wigan. It's not that they are gonna. They're gonna survive, and it's gonna be another. Very depressing read that Blackburn are staying up. And that um, Kalanick as well, um, their striker, um, the young striker that they've got, he's um, started to pop up with a couple of goals yep. as well. Scored um, a couple in the Carlin Cup as well, even though they lost. So 
They seem to be scoring a couple of goals with Blackburn. And there was um, talk of Sam Allardyce actually, um, you know, only having a couple of games left before he got sacked a couple of weeks ago. So it's nice to see that at least he's kept in a job. Mm. But, you know, Wigan have been up and down all season. They're really iffy. And now they just keep... Seeing... Wigan have conceded 33 goals away from home. I mean, they got problems. <laughs> yeah, they've got big problems. It's nice to see um, James McArthur get a start, a young um, Scottish player. Yeah. And he um, took the corner to set up the goal for mm-hmm. Gary Caldwell. So. Uh, but except for that, um, you know, Wigan are shocking and um, Blackburn are even more shocking, but they managed to just score a good um, goal. Talking about Big Sam, one of his old clubs, Bolton, got their first win under Owen Coyle in that the Premiership with a 1-0 win against his old club, Burnley, in the Lancashire Derby. Burnley are now seriously in trouble. They're now down in the, in the bottom uh, bottom three. Bolton are starting to move up the table. We talked about this on the podcast we've done just after Christmas. Uh, we're pretty confident Owen Coyle is going to do the job there and keep them up. Yeah, definitely. Not a problem. They haven't got a, a problem with staying up. Whereas Burnley it. under Brian Laws, who've done absolutely shocking at Sheffield Wednesday, are looking certs for relegation now. Do you know that on um, the Deloitte Football Finance, um, the top performing manager for um, resources mm-hmm. um, for last se- for last season, I think, was um, Brian Laws. Really? I yeah. know he's getting it this year. Because um, yeah, no, because he hasn't got the lack. Yeah, because he had no resources at um, Sheffield Wednesday, and he got like the best out of his squad, and managed to get the best win percentage mm-hmm. out of out of them with the lack of money that was pumped into the transfer. Wow. Kitty. So that's um, you know, it's um, it's obviously he's a um, turf more sort of ex player legend yeah. as you call it. So, you know, that's why he's got the job. Um, I think he's just trying to assemble a squad where they can fight in the championship mm. next season with like the signing of Nicky Weaver and Leon Court shows that they're not really trying to stay. Yeah, Leon Court is not a Premiership yeah. defender. And they're trying to get Danny Fox off of um, Celtic off of us. He'll so. be a good signing. Yeah. Uh, this, this just made me laugh. Liverpool couldn't score at Wolves. Well, we did. We got two at the weekend. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're bunk, we're bust, we've got no players, we've got like two subs, we've got like um, Liverpool got a nil draw at Wolves. They are a few points behind Spurs, actually three points. Torres that's, is not obviously he's still injured. That's ridiculous how they've had such a bad season and that they're only three points off of the place where they need to be. Mm. They'll probably end up sneaking there because Rafa's sneaky and cheeky and he'll just fluke his way there. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Liverpool; they bore me now. Uh, and quite a big game down the bottom: West Ham and Portsmouth. Uh, that was a big game. One-one draw. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about West Ham in a minute because there's been a few changes at the club. Mm. Begovic pulled off some fantastic saves. He's a good in that young match. goalkeeper, yeah. actually. I don't know whether he's like half Canadian, half Serbian. Mm. So he's he's played. I think he's played for Canada's youth setup, and he's been called up to Serbia. I don't know whether he's had a appearance yet, so I don't know which nationality he's going to represent. But he's um. He is a good young prospect. And Sadly, it's good that they've got him, especially as they're trying Sadly to get rid of for Portsmouth, it is looking pretty bleak. They're five points away from safety. They do have a game in hand over a lot of the clubs above them, but it does look like Pompey are going to be one of the three teams joining, hopefully, Palace in the Championship next year. Um, well, um, they're going to get all their African players back soon. They've had five away. Well, Dindan. Yeah, but... Um, He's handy. Belhaj. Belhaj, he, he, yeah, he'll be a big boost. Yabda. Hmm. They got, they got a few. They've actually got quite a lot. Yeah. Okay, West Ham. <laughs> uh, 
I was kind of hoping this would be us, but David Gold and um, Sullivan took over at Upton Park over the past few weeks, and there's some new signings expected to be announced within the next few days, Benny McCarthy being one of them. Um, West Ham have actually been picking up some points. They're now a few points away, uh, out of the drop zone. Well, no, they're actually in it. On, they're actually out of it on goal difference. But with the signings they're going to make, do you think West Ham will comfortably push up the table and get a mid-table finish come May? Um, I don't think a mid-table finish. I think that's um, a bit too um, a bit too unrealistic for the Hammers. There's seven, I points, think there's seven points beyond Fulham who are in 10th. I, I can see them getting out of rele the relegation area, but not by much. I think they'll be on the dogfight until the end McCarthy of the season. McCarthy will be a good signing. One thing you'll get from Benny is he will guarantee goals in the Premier yeah, League. He, he will get goals. He is a goal scorer. Because one thing they lack with Colton Cole not there, you look at the strikers they've got, they've got no Premiership experience. Uh, obviously, they've got a few of the foreign guys and they've got a few young strikers, but they've got no one who's scored consistently in the Premiership for the whole season so mm. that's a very shrewd signing from West Ham and they may even sign one or two more uh, I know they were linked with Eilika Johnson who we're going to talk about in a minute but that isn't going to happen but they may have one or and two and they're other. linked with Benjani but he's also linked to a return to Portsmouth on loan yeah. so he'll probably want to go back to Pompey than anywhere else and um, you know West Ham, are, West Ham are, have got a good young team they're bringing through some nice youngsters but um it's good that they've had the takeover because they haven't got to sell anybody. They needed it. They needed it. They, I think um, David Gold and Dave, David Sullivan were ridiculous for offering Rude Van Estroy a hundred grand a week. Yes. To, you know, it's like you, it's been mismanaged the club already. They're still playing out X amount. Now you know what I'm talking about, about Bo wages in the Premiership. Yeah, they're still playing out X amount for Bo Morty and Kieran Dyer who don't even play. Mm. You know, and are useless when they do. When we've got clubs like West Ham offering £100,000 uh, a week, it sort of backs up my comments about 20 minutes ago. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we're going to look into the transfer window a bit and see what's happening. Uh, the biggest flop in Premiership history has head, is heading back to Brazil. It, Robinho cost Man City £32.4 um, Is that like £3 million for every goal? Yes, it's scored 15, isn't it, or something for them, or...? I don't that's that much. He, he had um or twelve, I think. He mm. had a good um he had a good run in the, the like start of last season. At home, not yeah. away. He didn't turn up at away games. But then once once he sort of fell out with Mark Hughes and then got injured, you know, and Mancini he scored at the weekend, but mm. Mancini obviously just thinks, you know, he's too much of a problem mm. probably in the dressing room. So he's gone back to Santos, who were his. Uh, first club before he moves over to Real Madrid. He would have is took a massive pay cut. Do you think we'll see Robinho return to Europe or do you think this could be it? Because he's had two huge moves where there was a lot of uh, obviously attention on them and he just hasn't done it. He hasn't arrived at both clubs with the reputation that he came with because he was seen as the next Pele. I know obviously that's been labelled to probably about 10 Brazilian since but <laughs> there was a real, real big feeling in Brazil that he was literally the next big thing and he's turned out to be a bit of a waste and I think if you speak to Man City fans who watch City week in week out he's he's been absolutely hopeless for them I just think um, I just think I can't see another club paying the massive fee that City will want to recoup for him mm. they'll at least want to recoup I was about to say I know one club that was Man City but he's just left them so they're not going to pay it they're not going to pay that money to have him so um, I and I can't see any other team in Europe that would pay that big bucks. Barcelona don't want it. 
Right. Real Madrid ain't going to want to touch him again after the. He didn't do too well there. Yeah, so who, who else is going to pay that big uh, I guess Rubinho will use. Maybe Bayern Munich. Yeah, I guess Rubinho will use the World Cup to put himself back in the shop window. Yeah. Well, so, if he does use the World Cup, good luck for City. They might actually get some of their money back yeah, that they, they pay for all these wasted players. Mm. Uh, other news Ida Good Johnson is going to be returning to the Premiership and he's going to be joining Spurs on loan. Um, that's a con- I just think that's a weird signing by Harry Redknapp. He's already got four strikers. Why does he need next Exactly, because Crouch and Defoe have got a bit of a partnership going. Yeah. Bobby Keane's a pretty decent backup. Obviously, Pavlichenko should be leaving anyway. But Even though I like Pavlichenko, I think like, he should be playing. Do you think they need good Johnson? Like, is that just to make sure they've got four strikers? Because it is the tradition you want to have four centre-forwards yeah. in your premiership squad. Do you think he's just trying to add another one? He feels that he needs someone of a bit of quality. I think that um, he's adding Ida only because he wants to ship out Pavlichenko yeah. and he knows that he's going to leave before the end of the transfer window or it's because that he wanted to get him off West Ham so West Ham didn't have him mm. uh, is that, or that maybe they want a bit of experience with someone who knows what it's like to play at the top and get in the Champions League so that they can you know they can make that jump into mm. the fourth spot I don't know maybe maybe yeah, that's good, why but it's a stra- strange signing he's for a me. good forward though and you know he, He's always done a good job in the Premiership and he's very highly thought of in Barcelona as well because he played a big part in their recent success. Mm. So, good to see him back. Uh, an interesting uh, rumour, um, we don't know if it's going to happen yet, is Man City are rumoured to be lining up a £5 million bid for Middlesbrough winger Adam Johnson. Now, this is probably the first time we've been talking about a Man City transfer that has a bit of realism to it. It actually sounds like actually this could be a pretty good deal for everyone concerned. It'd be good to see a young English winger go to a club that's going to be challenging. A left winger, which England are seriously short of. We have been for, well, 20 years. Um, would this be a good... Do you think this is a good signing for City? And do you think Johnson will get a chance to strut his stuff in their team? Or do you think he'll... Sh- because they they've got a pretty stacked squad. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, how's he going to displace um, Craig Bellamy and also uh, Martin Petrov, mm. who played excellent in the in the FA Cup? But he does have age on his side. Johnson's only twenty two, so that's yeah. one good thing. But I think that Johnson should should at least stay at Middlesbrough to the end of the season and see where his future lies mm. after that. Because I don't think that um, I don't think the Man City will be the place for for you know him to. Produce the excellent form that he's been showing at Middlesbrough. Yeah, he's their top goal scorer. He's yeah. a very gifted young player. Yeah, like, no, I definitely. remember him being on loan at Watford, and I think he came and played against us, and he tore us to shreds. He's a fantastically naturally gifted winger. He's the closest, and I know this is a big comparison, but in terms of left winger, left uh, wingers, you know, he's the closest thing I've seen to possibly being of the next Ryan Giggs. Like he's got that sort of game. He loves getting the ball. He can run at players and good speed and. I'd like to see him get into the Premiership. Whether Man City's going to be a good enough uh, move for him just because of the lack of games he'll get, I don't know. But, but they've been good at, like um, before, especially with Stuart Pearce, they were good at bringing through young mm. players, Man City. Mm. You know, Michael Johnson, Michael Richards, Stephen Ireland. Mm. You know, they've all come through that side. So Can I just back up? I'm not comparing Adam Johnson to Ryan Giggs. Yes, I do compare Victor Moses to Lionel Messi, I will say that, but I'm not <laughs> comparing Adam Johnson to Ryan Giggs. Uh, I mean, it could be the next. It could be. Uh, another interesting signing that has been confirmed that will not take place till the summer is Man United signing Chris Smalling for £7 million. I think it's £7 million. I think maybe Probably depending plus on some, yeah, plus appearances from Fulham. probably go. Is Ferguson right. lining this, this uh, Smalling up as the, ne- as the replacement for Rio? Do you think that's how it looks? Because... 
Maybe that that's um, a good shout. Really, is a young um, English. Um, he's le- a he's like a left-footed centre centre defender. Yeah. Um, he came from non-league um, in two thousand and eight from Wadenstone. Got I hope Wadenstone have a sell on. Uh, they will. They will definitely have a. Because that'll sell-on. probably keep them alive for the next fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, no, they'll definitely have a sell on clause of some sort to. Um, Fulham, I would imagine that they would. It's a good deal for Fulham as well because I know they'll be disappointed losing, but they keep him for the rest of the season. And I think any young player going to Old Trafford, I mean that's a superb move. Ferguson yeah. knows how to nurture them, and you know he he'll do well there. And I'm, that's a good thing for England because we need a young centre half to come through, and I'm sure Smalling will it, get involved with England come. It sh- yeah, it shows that. Um, yeah, it shows that Nemanja Vidic may be on his way. He's been linked with Real Madrid and, and Barcelona yeah, as well. Yeah, a lot of the big European clubs. And um, supposedly faked injury <coughs> as well, mm. and claimed. So maybe he's um, maybe he's on his way out Obviously, in the summer. Any other transfers? Obviously, earlier I mentioned Victor Moses. He will be leaving in the next three to four days. Who to? I have no idea. If there is anyone listening who has got any links to a Premiership club, please give us some bloody money for him. It's going to help <laughs> us. Don't allow him to go to a championship club for 1.5 million because that's not going to do us the world of good. Um, that's our transfer roundup. I'm yeah. sure it's going to get a bit heated as the window comes to a close. Yeah, definitely. I think there'll be um, a couple. I think there'll be at least two or three shock moves. Yeah. And you know, Ancelotti's already said that he won't go into the transfer market. Um, Wenger might, obviously, for Malen. Wenger's looking like he might even go for another striker. Yeah, well, Benton's Even though Benton's again. back, but still. Be interesting to see. Uh, we're going to turn our attention quickly to the FA Cup. We're going to a little round-up. There's only really a few games I want to talk about. The main one was at White Hart Lane. Leeds were at it again. They didn't win, but they got a replay in a 2-2 draw. It was definitely a penalty as well. It was, and Beckford got two goals. Do you think Leeds will fancy their chances of causing a bit of an upset in the next round? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that they um, seem to have a like, no holes barred approach to games where they're just going to go out, especially for the cup ties. They're just going to go out and just show we are Leeds, you know, we are United. We're going to go out and we are going to attack as much as we can, and we know that we have players like Schnodgrass and Becchio that are going to work hard for the team that are very skillful, and um, I like um, their midfielder. Um, Oh, Doyle is one, Michael yeah, Doyle. Doyle. He's a very um, talented player and will win the ball back. Mm. So, you know, they're not a bad outfit. Arsenal are out. They lost at Stoke. Um, are Chelsea going to win it now? <laughs> um, no. Oh. I don't think Chelsea will win it. I think someone else will win it. I think that um, Chelsea will... Someone will beat Chelsea to it. I don't know who, but someone will knock out well, Chelsea. Well, isn't it? We're going to give our, our, our U10s a run out against Wolves next week. Apparently. We'll see how that goes. Uh, well, we, if we beat Wolves, we get Villa at home, so that's a potential upset. But again, we may not even be able to field 11 players. We may have to go 7v7. Seven seven the the <laughs> uh, in the fifth round, though, one game we do have that is definitely going to take place is Southampton versus Portsmouth. This is going to be a bit of an interesting one. The last time these two met, well, it was about, I think it was back in 2005, it's 2004, 2005 yeah. season, I think. Yeah, and yeah. Um, Southampton's um, City Centre was tore apart. Really? Yeah, by Portsmouth fans. Well, and then Portsmouth City Centre was tore up with the return fixture. Probably by Portsmouth fans yeah, as well. it was, by Portsmouth fans. Well, so, the um, rumour is that Southampton City Centre does need a makeover. They gave the FA a call and said, let's have it on. <laughs> anyway, so Southampton and Pompey will meet. I think Southampton round. could win that one as well. Yeah, they're in good form. Yeah, and they've signed a lot of good players. You know, you look at um, Lee Barnard, they signed, um, who's a 
proven League One striker. Mm. So they've already got him. They've um, signed um, I think it's Austin Bohr. Um, John Austin Bohr used to be at Liverpool and mm. um, at Norwich. And on a free transfer, right back, you know, you have Fonte off of Crystal Palace. Yep. Elliot Ward from um, Coventry mm. and Daniel Seaborn from Exeter. You know, they seem to be forming a nice little squad there. Yeah, so it, I, I think Southampton will make a push. For, I think they'll probably sneak into the playoffs in a yeah, way if they will. go up because. Especially they, you know, with the deduction. It, they're doing well. Okay, we're now going to swing our attentions to Europe. <laughs> we're gonna, what should we say? Okay, we're going to start here. We're going to start off. In La Liga, I don't know why I pronounced it like that. Uh, Barcelona are still top. They're five points clear of Real Madrid after a three 0 win away at Valladolid. They, I watched a bit of this game. Barcelona are looking good. They, they got some good young players as well. Really yeah. good young players. Oh, like Pedro, Pedro is a skillful yeah, player. Yeah, that Thiago. Got, they've got Thiago. They've got some. Oh, the Brazilian. Yeah, they've got some very gifted young players who are starting to get games. And the I used fight, to sign him on football manager. Like, it's frightening because they can't even get in the first team because like Thiago's a midfielder. They can't get ahead of Iniesta and Xavi. I don't know. It's um, mm. they're looking good. Uh, Real Madrid are trying to catch up. They won two 0 home to Malaga. That was um, there were two good goals from Ronaldo. Yeah, CR nine um, got two goals. And then um, he um, sort of elbowed slash punched um, one of the players in the face. That's nice of him. By trying to shrug him off his back um, when he was challenging him and um, broke his nose. <laughs> Which is quite funny. Mm. So Ronaldo's in the headlines once again. Not is. just for his Armani pants. Yes, his Armani pants. He t- did he take over from Beckham as the yeah. Armani model? I can't believe they'd done that. I actually feel quite upset. It's the second Real Madrid player to be in really? their pants. But he's been in his pants all season, according to um, Sid and... Sid in Madrid and Football Weekly. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, we're going to head over to Italy. Syria, a pretty big game at the weekend. Inter won the Milan derby uh, 2-0 despite uh, having only nine players. Although they did have a player sent off in the last minute. But Wesley Snyder got sent off pretty early. He got, yeah. he got sent off for um, clapping. <laughs> uh, the referee's decision, honestly. He, uh, he actually just applauded the referee and he was like, oh yeah, thank you for... Um, Thanks for um, giving Lucio a yellow card right there. And They're nine points clear at the top, so they look pretty set to win the title. Um, that, was di- that was a disappointing result for Milan because they were starting to pick up some form. Obviously, Beckham's gone over there and made a bit of a difference. Ronaldinho's been starting to show signs that he's been getting back to his best. So, But it does look like Inter are going to romp to another Serie A title. Uh, Quick little brief look at the Bundesliga. Uh, Leverkusen the top still. They won 3 0 away at Hoffenheim. But Bayern Munich are definitely on the up. They are hot on their trails and they won 3 2 away at Werder Bremen, which is pretty decent. That's a very good one. Yeah, and then in France, Bordeaux are, Bordeaux are flying. Eight points uh, clear at the top. Obviously, they've got um, Gorkov, they've got Schemack. Is he at Bordeaux? Yeah. Yeah, Bordeaux. Yeah, yeah he's at Bordeaux. That, that, Laurent Blanc is the manager. Yeah, uh, Montpellier, second. Montpellier, I was quite surprised to see that. And Lyon are down in fifth and struggling. I think uh, Bordeaux seems to be the strong team coming out of France right now. So. Yeah. And they're in the Champions League like group. They, yeah, Bordeaux made yeah. it through, didn't they? It'd be, interesting see how, it'd be interesting to see how they get on, actually, when the Champions League restarts uh, next month. Okay, that's I can't your... wait for that to happen. Now, an interesting bit of news that I saw this week. Now, I used to sign him a lot on Football Manager because he's a very good player. Salvador Cavanas got shot in the head 
but he's still alive, although he is um, apparently he's critically, yeah, he's critically ill. Uh, well, critically, uh, critically, critical si- uh, yeah. Mm, I, uh, it looks like he's on his deathbed, which yeah, is a sh- uh, very big shame. That for is a shame because Sunderland apparently uh, were linked with him. My question is: after recent events, Nick, do you see Sunderland taking another shot at him? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no, I, could, I just hope he recovers. Yeah, we nice, do. Because um, he would like, his Mexico's. Yeah, he um, would be going to the World Cup. striker. Yeah, no, he's fantastic. Um, fantastic proposition, and um, he scored a lot of goals as well in the Mexican league. So let's just see if um, let's just hopefully he regains health. Hopefully, hopefully he can play football again because it'd be a shame. Yes. On the nation, um, I don't think it'll be Sunderland's top strike striking target right now. I don't think he will be. No. I think we're going to go for unusual decisions making and um, link it into Adrian Mutu. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty, pretty interesting story, he's right? He's failed a drug test again. Yeah. Is this guy seriously... Oh, I, can't, I'm not, I don't want to say it, but is he an idiot? Supposedly this is um, um, the drug that he was um, found guilty of taking was um, sort of more of a digestive Oh, that's all right then. Drug. Oh, good for him. Yeah, so at least it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> but um, he could he could be um, banned for four years. Well, seeing as this is a second offence, oh, I, I and he's a, still in the court of arbitration. I, don't know if this is, I, I made a post on the website. And I said, "Well, they should ban him for life." Like, if you're if he's been banned for a drug test once, surely he would have received some sort of uh, education on what not to take. And by taking something that's Obviously not normal. He must be running the risk of again failing another drug test. He's done it, and I just, I just don't understand the logic behind risking it because he's been playing really well for Fiorentina. Yeah, he's, he's been even scoring scored a lot of goals. Scored a lot of goals, and it just makes you wonder the brains of some of these players playing professional football because, like, he scored oh, a lot of goals. Like yeah, ninety-one appearances, he scored uh, fifty goals. Apparently, you know that's a pretty good rate, uh, ratio. And, uh, they've paid. They've shelled out a lot of money for his contract as yeah. well. And there was reports that he was on his way to the Premier League. Well, he ain't gonna be now, is he? Yeah. There was reports <laughs> that West Ham were after him, and or that he was that he was trying to get his agent to urge for a return so he could get a big sign-on fee for himself and for his agents, yeah. so then he could help pay off his debts that he still have has outstanding with Chelsea for being sacked. But okay. It's a um, hard situation. Really, um, don't want to be a move to his shoes. No, right just, now. Yeah, I, I think it'd be very, I, uh, it'd be very surprising to see him make a comeback this time if he's banned for four years. Mm. That'd be, just can't see it because he'll be in his mid thirties by then. He's thirty one right now. He's gonna be in late thirties. Yeah, yeah, yeah mid thirties. So I can't. If see he's him banned again, that's him that's retired. Him and I don't think he's the sort of guy you're gonna be hiring to coach your youth academy teams. <laughs> I just have a funny feeling. I think his days are numbered. Anyway, um, it could be like a Jamie Lawrence sort yeah. of thing. Okay, we've got a few little bits now. Okay, I'm going to do my rant, but this is now not Dave's rant. It's Dave's plea today. I'm making a bit of a plea. It, it's really needed. Um, uh, so you can't really sing what you say because it's not... Well, you could. Do you want to sing it? Do you want to get the jingle going? I've got um, a bit of a sore throat this week. Okay. So yeah, I, we, I feel, we, um, you know... Okay. <coughs> I'm going to make a bit I've of a plea. I've got your cold. Um, this really, I know this sounds a bit gay maybe, but this really is a plea from the heart. I'm, I'm just basically making a plea out there to anyone listening to, please buy my club. If anyone's got any money, please come and help us. I, I can't believe you said gay on a podcast. I know. I know. 
I've supported Palace since I was seven or eight. I've had some incredible moments with them, and I some of the best moments of my life. I want to have more. It's hard being over in America, but when I go home, the highlight of going home is going to a game at Sellers. If my club's taken away from me, and this is very serious, I would find it very, very difficult to be involved with football in any way if Palace went. I think my love for the game would go. Because if, if you have to put it in order, football or Palace, for me it goes Palace, then football. And if something happens in the next six months, which means that Palace ceases to exist, I hope it doesn't happen, I'm sure it won't. But obviously there's, there's a chance, because if we don't get a new owner, it could, it could realistically happen. It'll break my heart, and it won't just break mine, it will break so many thousands of fans out there. I mean, there was a very interesting post on one of our websites about what Palace means to fans. and I mean, the biggest connection was father-sons, father... with You know, it was more of a father-son thing, that your connection you get with your dad. And I would say the biggest connection I have with my father is probably the fact that he, was, he introduced me to going to Palace. I remember my first game, it was Watford at home, 93-94 season. We'd won the championship. I remember at the end, a massive pitch invasion. My second game was the first game of the Premiership season. I was giving my mum a stick that we were going to beat Liverpool. We lost 6-1. <laughs> I've had so many great memories. I've been to playoff finals. I've seen us survive with the last kick of a game to stay up. I've seen us relegated a few times. and I, yeah, Half the time it's heartbreaking, but I want to go through it again. I don't want it taken away. And Obviously, I know there's... I doubt there's anyone on this podcast who's got the money we're talking about. Well, but what I am saying is we need an owner. We desperately need someone who's going to come in and save our club because it's a good club. We're not ever punching above our weight. We're never going to be up there with the, the Man United as this world, but we do belong in English football. We do deserve a place in the 92 members of the Football League and to have that taken away from us was, would probably be one of the worst feelings I'll ever have in my life. And I'm just praying that someone comes in and saves us and takes us on and we can rebuild the club because we're a good club you know we don't do any harm being there and we do deserve another shot at rebuilding and hopefully someone can give us that and that that's a genuine plea and I do hope in the next six months things do get better and come next year we're we're regenerated we own the ground again we've been reunited with Sellers Park and we're ready to launch another challenge at getting back up but my main plea is just Someone come and buy us. I, I would, I would accept now new ownership and never playing in the Premiership again. I, I really would. I, I don't care where we're playing. We can play in League Two. We can play in the Conference. But I want to have a team to support. And this week's hit home that we we need something sorted. So I know that was more in a minute. It was a bit of a different one, but that was me being a bit emotional and saying that I want someone to buy my club because we need it. Well, um, I think um, Crystal Palace has definitely survived, and if not, they can always do a AFC Wimbledon and just start from scratch. So you okay. always you always have a team to support. Exactly. Um, look at the Wimbledon fans; they still have a team to support. Mm. And if not, then they have Baker Hayton's, which are doing all right. Don't. Anyway, on some more cheerful things. Uh, since me and Nick have been back, we've been um, using our time well. We've been planning a lot of um, soccer sessions, we especially have, we when have it's actually, been raining. <laughs> we have actually been preparing our soccer sessions, but during our free time, we have got involved in a football manager online battle. Now, when we were thinking about which teams to go, obviously we thought about the Premiership, but we thought, well, that's a bit too easy. So we thought, let's start the too bottom. Too much money. Too much money. Too we much want money. to be real, real soccer yeah. football. So fans. we decided to go all the way down to League Two, and obviously you're a Bradford fan. But <laughs> one of my we, other clubs. Yeah, one of his one of his clubs. <laughs> but we actually done the pick a random club, and you went 
your you's actually got selected Bradford. Yeah. So Nick went Bradford, and I select. I got I got chosen Barnet, and we're halfway through the season. Um, are you enjoying the challenge of being down at the bottom? Yeah, I am. I'm actually itching to finish the podcast. I oh, know. Then we can get back on. I'm getting them um, like sort of. Um, I know withdrawal symptoms, mm. but no, I'm, I'm really enjoying actually getting into the game. I haven't played the game since I was in university, so this is quite a big like shock to me. As I um, finally realised actually why I love football so much mm. and why I love soccer so much. I love obviously being out on the coaching field. As you know, I support more um, teams than probably Roy Meredith from um, the Championship Manager podcast because <laughs> he supports like twenty five, and I swear I just support so many teams. But it's just because I just love teams, I love players, and it helps increase my knowledge of the game. So. It does. You well, know, right now, uh, you're Bradford, you're, I think, third? Yeah, I think I'm third dropped, or yeah. second in the table. You're I think I'm dropping points because um, Gail Kakuta's um, loan just expired and I can't get yeah. him back. You can't. I tried to loan him, but he didn't want to come to me. <laughs> so he didn't want to be a traitor. But we're, we're, all sign- we're signing all these loan players when they leave and then we can't get them back. But, um, but Fabian Brandy, I got on loan from um, Manchester United. Mm-hmm. He's um, scored um, 15 goals in um, like... 18 appearances, which is good. Um, Fran Marida on loan from um, Arsenal. Chris Smalling on loan from Fulham. Um, you know, it's sort of endless, really, how many loans you can get, but they can only sort of last for three months. So, it's, um, you know, once um, the loans run out, it's going to be a sticky season, seeing as I've sold all my playing squad to <laughs> make room for all these It'll be, It's going to be good. Basically, the challenge is, <laughs> me and Nick have set ourselves a challenge. It's not just how we do with these teams. We are enabling ourselves to possibly move on if the tra- if the opportunity arises. It's basically who can get to the Premiership first. Yeah. I mean, that's the first. Let's see, you can get the Premiership first and we'll set new challenges because that could be a few seasons away. I, I think, think it- that'll be a plenty of seasons away. I've I mean, been already been linked with League One jobs. Really? So I could make the job. I've been job. linked with Conference South. <laughs> so I'm going down right now. No, I, my burn on it is just outside the playoffs, one spot away. And considering that my media prediction spot was 19th, I'm pretty... Happy with that. You've assembled a good squad there. I have. Well, yes, I. I I'm, I'm good. Finally, I am good at that. You're finally figuring out the free transfer yeah. system, whereas yeah. I've already capitalised on most of the yeah. good ones. One thing I will say about Football Manager, you should get it. It's brilliant, the new one. And one, this is this is my sarcastic point. Uh, point from Palace. If they update the transfer update, I'm not managing Palace now. <laughs> no way. It's gonna. It's hard enough with zero points to start with and no transfer budget. I mean, like a minus thirty million transfer budget and minus ten points. I'm not taking it on. Uh, so yeah, we'll be keeping you up to date with that. Uh, we're gonna be, we'll probably be through the second season, t- our second season by the time we come. Well, we're back. nearly at Christmas. So. Yeah, we're nearly at Christmas, and I've got a nice transfer budget. I'm trying to bring in some experienced forwards to mount a second half push for the automatic spots. See, and I'm refusing to pay any money for a player. Not that. Like, well, I don't have any. You ain't money, got no but, money. But I could, I could. Um, Let's be know, like Palace saying, oh, <laughs> we're refusing to buy him." I could adjust the wage budget to get really? some transfer fees, but you know, I'm not that silly. Free transfers all the way. Go for it. Um, so yeah, that's that's our our, our new uh, sort of challenge that we're going to take place. If you want to have uh, post or email who you think is going to win, you know I've been playing the game for the last four years when Nick hasn't, but Nick's but you said you ain't played since university. Yeah, I was only graduated last year. Well, November two thousand and eight. Fair enough. Yeah, but you've been over here a lot and you've been playing it. Yeah. I, I'm the more I'm the I'm the veteran now. I've been playing since ninety eight. Yeah, you have a better you better have a better idea of um the get the players who were better in the two thousand nine mm. football manager. Yeah. So you 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 have a better um idea of the market. But I gotta admit though that I know I've be, I've played Bradford quite a few seasons and it, I also um, I used to play um online games with Exeter. 
um, with my friends. So I have a very good um, like sort of um, idea of um, which players are really really good um, in League One yeah. or League Two. And to be honest, most of these players haven't moved. I remember we, uh, <laughs> me and a few uh, Palace supporting friends, we used to play an online game. We used to play, I think, for about six or seven hours every Sunday afternoon. I had a pretty awful record, but then I did have one really good season actually with Southampton, where I beat one of the other players in the in the playoff final, extra time, last minute goal. Mm. I was jumping around the house like a loony too. My mum and dad were looking at me, thinking, "What is he doing?" <laughs> that was a, that was my, one of my greatest FM moments. Anyway, we really and you beat I, me this season. So. I did a one 0 win. Anyway, we'll see how I do in the next game. Your goal to play the blind. I'm defensively sound. <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to go away from that. We're now going to move on to the last part of the show. This is where you are going to do a little jingle because it's much more easier. Put a quid on it. We're going to do our fan stat. We're going to start zero zero. It's a new season because with JD leaving, we kind of got mixed up. Yeah, so this is where well, it, it was, starts. It was even keel. Yeah, it's Let's just say we got a lot wrong. Yeah, we did get a lot wrong. <laughs> We're going to try and get even more right or even more wrong probably. Okay, uh, which games are mine? Oh, no, I know which you, ones. Yeah, yeah, the ones with okay, Crystal Okay, so Nick, one. this is your first round of games. Your first one is Birmingham against Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I think it's going to be a draw for that mm. one. Yeah, definitely a draw. It's, um, you know, especially with um, Birmingham's record at the mm. moment, I think that um, they're still going to, you know, they've still got the unbeaten record at home to defend. Yeah. Um, whereas Spurs are quite free scoring, but, you know... Birmingham are hard out. Your second game on the list is the 11.40 showing on Match of the Day, which is the last slot of the day. <laughs> Hull City v Wolverhampton Wanderers. Oh my goodness, this is going to be a horrible game. I think that's going to be another draw. West Ham United v Blackburn Rovers. <laughs> I feel like Alan, I sound like Alan Lamborn doing the results. Do West Ham United I 1, am... Blackburn Rovers 0. Benny McCarthy is <gasps> signed in time for this game. He is going to score the winner. Now, and it's going to be a home now okay, interesting. Do you think Blackburn will refuse to let him leave until after this game? Maybe. Mm. But he hasn't been turned up to train in a week. So really? that is, it's not as if they'll play him anyway. He hasn't turned up yeah, to no, They won't send to West Ham before, he go, before the game. But the, I think a home win. Mm. Just for that fact. Burnley versus Chelsea. I'm going to say an away win because Brian Laws has not got a chance of keeping them up. Mm. No offence, Brian Laws. Arsenal versus Manchester United. Um, I'm going to say a home win to Arsenal. I really think... I've backed them for the title this season. I think they're going to get it back on track. Mm. I think the Manchester United... Um, especially like... Um, just Rio Ferdinand suspended. Yeah, and especially just a hard game against Man City. There was a lot of energy that was put into that. And I think that Arsenal are going to come out on top. And your last game, my favourite Scottish team... Hamilton Academicals versus Celtic. That you didn't even know played in the SPL. <laughs> no, it was, it was uh, I think, the Scottish round, third cup. I think every the game in the whole cup. of England got postponed, so I watched this game. and They kept referring them to Ackies, and I just sort of got into the Ackie thing. I sort of was like, what league are they in? Like, Scottish like League 3? They were in the SPL. I was like, yeah. oh. they're, they're my Scottish team these days. They were good. They were good um, the Ackies. They've got... Um, McCarthy, who's a yeah. very good player. Has he left yet? Or is he still there? No, he's still there. Mm. Um, can't believe they actually still got hold of him. I'm going to say an away win, but the, only just because it's, I love my team that dearly that I'm just optimistic. Okay. You're but, going to read out mine. I want you to do your Alan Lamborn impression. Let's see if you can do it. Fulham versus Villa. You forgot the Aston part. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, away win. Away win, okay. Liverpool versus Bolton Wanderers. Draw. Oh. Shock. Why, why is that? 
good. I think Liverpool are playing really not great. And I think Bolton, uh, that win... Oh, against, yeah, I mean, I mean, that win mm. will really get them up and running. Wigan Athletic versus Everton. Draw. Manchester City versus Portsmouth. You sound like a robot. Mine was more, I don't know, more posh and <laughs> more expressive. Uh, Manchester City, pom- uh, home win. Sunderland versus Stoke. City. Uh, Crystal Palace. Sunderland home win. I ain't done Sunderland yet. I'm going to go <laughs> Sunderland home win. I thought you said draw. Crystal Palace versus Peterborough United. This is going to be a home win. The reason it's why got to be a must it, win. we've got to win it. Peterborough now, one of our blooming rivals down the bottom. We've got to win this game. We're going to bounce back. Warnock. Is gonna have the, you know what? This is the sort of game where we're gonna come out, hopefully, all guns firing, and we're gonna give this Peter an absolute tonking, because our players are gonna be pretty pissed off with the last few days, and we're not gonna have Victor Moses, but Stern John's come back on loan, which could help. Does well, he come back now? Has he? Apparently, he's come back. Whether he, he'll probably be sold tomorrow, but yeah. it depends obviously how many players we have that are I hope available. So he's a goal scorer. Yeah. Just, but thankfully, this isn't, isn't away games. So it does mean the youth players are available because <laughs> the problem at Newcastle was obviously we didn't have many players travelling with us, yeah. and we don't travel with youth players anyway right now because we're trying to reduce the cost of hotels. And someone made a very good point. Actually, you'll laugh at this. If Newcastle had been intelligent. They could have, they should, well, I know they won anyway. They should have made a bid for Julian Speroni on Wednesday morning because he then would have been unable to play. And, and we don't travel with a backup goalkeeper because we ain't got one. And we'd have had to have a uh, Clint Hill in goal. <laughs> I'm just saying that, that, you know, we're pretty lucky. But yeah, I, I think we'll win that game and we, we need to because Reading, we're three points clear of Reading and we really don't want to get sucked into that bottom three. So um, yeah, home win. So, yeah, home win. So that's going to be a six-pointer, so it could leave you with only four points to make up. <laughs> it'd, be nice to, it'd be nice to get a win and just... You know, the thing is, if we get two or three wins in a row, which are possible, because we're still a good team, and we could actually easily get back into the top, uh, at least the middle part of the uh, table. And we're not, going to, we're not going to be going up now, but you know, we'll, we'll leave that to next year, providing we're still around. But um, that is about it for the week. Anything to add, Nicholas? Um, I just can't believe that um, Michael Owen actually got a start for Manchester United, which I was quite happy about. How did he do? Um, how did he do? Um, well, Rooney set score four goals, so I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> let's see what um, let's see what happens. I don't know. Let's see what happens with um, Owen. Hopefully, he'll get a bit more starts, and mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, he'll be ready for the World Cup if hopefully. he's in the squad. Uh, I think that's about it. If you want to get in touch with us, you are more than welcome to. Our email is footypod at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a Facebook group, which you can find. Just search for footy from across the pond. And that is it. We will be now back week in, week out, because we're now back in uh, LA. And we will be bringing you the latest f- news from across the pond. And that's me done. I'm Dave Matthews. Uh, Nick, thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining us. And we will speak to you next week. Have a lovely weekend. Bye. Bye.